the bourbon community has um, always been, for me, a source of friendship, of joy, of the ability to come together with drinks, with pours, with memories, moments, and, and a pure chance to just forget what's going on in the world at that moment. And unfortunately, what is going on in the world is no longer something that we can forget or something that we can ignore. What is fortunate, though, is that we stand together with those who feel excluded from a community. And it's not about who who is right, who is wrong, who needs to be heard, and that is very important, or who feels like they are being oppressed, and that is also equally important. But know that we at This Is My Bourbon Podcast love and accept and understand all walks of life. This is a place for us to be able to come together. It's a chance for us to pull out a bottle and say, hey, remember when? Or say, hey, here's this time when? Or just the chance to slow it down a little bit. And I've spent so much time wanting things to slow down. And I've wanted things to to level out and to be easy, and it's unfortunate right now, but it's just not easy. And it might be one day. It very well could be one day. But in the meantime, we stand with those who need us. And we appreciate those who continue to be the voice for those who need it most. We are thankful for everybody, every single person who listens to this show, who shares it, who is involved in our family and our community. It's so much more than the bourbon. It's so much more than that. And we never want to forget that. We never want to ignore that. It's a fact that we all came together during adverse times, during adverse situations. And I pray, I pray and I hope and I think of those who need kindness most who need love most, who need the opportunity to sit down with somebody and crack open a bottle or pull out a bottle or just say, here, have as much as you want. Let's talk. That's what we're here for. We talk about the serious stuff. We get silly. We have a good time. And we also reflect on what's happened. But at the end of it, it's about the community. We are so thankful for each and every one of you guys. Never, ever forget how important our lives are. How important unity is. And the ability to come together 
over a brown liquid that just for a little bit washes away whatever we're worried about. Thank you to everybody who supports their community, who continues to support their fellow people, who remembers the creed of be kind always, no matter. Because that's what we're here for. And let's drink some bourbon. Episode 131 of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I am your host, Perry, and with me, as always, is one of our co-hosts, and that would be Swan, the bourbon finder. Swan, welcome in to episode 131. Thanks, man. It's been a, been a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's been a whole four days of uh, <laughs> since we last recorded, but that's okay. Things happen. You, you move house, and... Um, it's also a, a a holiday weekend coming up. Yeah, I know. I picked a great time. Actually, honestly, you did. I mean, th- this is like primo time to, you know, get stuff done. You don't have any commitments. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like there's any big parties or anything. And if it is, it's like, stay over there and I'll get you a burger <laughs> in a minute. You know? So. We're actually, uh, we're going to a restaurant this weekend. I can't believe it. That should not be that exciting. I know, but I, like, like Lucy, Lucy texted me, or no, she called me earlier today and was like, I just need to let you know not to make any plans for lunch on Saturday. And I was like, what mm-hmm. are you doing? And she was like, we're going to a restaurant. And like, I think I might have peed a little when she told me just because I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm desperately awaiting going to Chewy's personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> holding out for if it, they man. had that outdoor patio it would really help them but the fact that they only have you know indoor seating mm-hmm. ain't much to be done there so no nah, that's all that's good okay. i'll wait for it <laughs> so we start every episode with flying blind uh where i get to blind the person on the other side of the microphone with something something with something and i uh, we we are doing and this probably is a little bit too inside baseball, but we are doing a rye episode this week. So I wanted to make sure that Swan and I were drinking something rye based uh, Ooh, to okay. begin, to begin, to begin. So <laughs> what what do you think about this one, Swan? I mean, you just told me it was a rye, but honestly, on the nose, I'm not picking up a whole lot of it. Yeah, it's a little. I mean, it's there, but it's not. It's no more than just like a high rye. Yeah, that's that's kind of what what I was leaning towards as well. I don't know the kind. The deeper I get into it, the more I kind of am picking up like clove notes, and um, I mean, there's some mintiness to it as well. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I can definitely tell it's not like a Heaven Hill kind of rye because a lot of those are really kind of subdued. Uh, maybe like a. I'm going to get on the palette here. There's the rye. Yes. Mm. But it still kind of drinks like a high rye bourbon. In some yeah, regards. I would think it's probably one of those like barely legal, maybe like 60 ish, maybe a little higher than the 51 percent. 
I'm not mad at this, no, though. I think this is great. Kind of reminded me a little bit of the old Forester rye. Mm. Got a little maltiness to it. I need, to, I need to compare the two. I haven't actually done that yet. When you say... So, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the show before. When I, when I say malt, malt for me, and it's definitely not... It's it's not what it should be, but like whoppers. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know what you're talking about. It's that weird like tinge you almost get from like a sourdough well, a, where yeah, it's like uh-huh. nothing's wrong with this. It's just got a little fun. It's just it. different. It's surprising. Yeah. <laughs> I just I've had this texture before and it doesn't always have this weird little quality, this weird twinge yeah. to it. Like I don't know how to describe yeah, it. Exactly. Um, so you, you were fairly on the money with this one, bud. Uh, it's a, it's the wild turkey one one rye. Oh, that's higher proof um, than I thought it would be. Yeah. It's, it doesn't read really much higher than 90, 95. No. At all. Um, but I will say that the flavor is definitely present. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know how old this is. Do you have any idea? I, I can't imagine that it's much much older than like six or seven years no uh i don't know i'm glad this one's starting to become more available though because i remember when we were first looking for it we couldn't find it anywhere and i had to tell our wine and spirits guy at work it's like i'll buy the whole case if you can get it in i'll get the whole case yeah and And, you did and now it's just like it's just everywhere (laughs) because it was a big deal for a long time that like one liter bottle specifically went to restaurants and bars and now like You've got all sorts of stuff in one liter bottles. Like that's almost a gimmick for some brands. Yeah. Well, it wasn't just that it was in um, only in a liter and only for restaurants, but it was also like the the only other place you could really find it was the distillery gift shop. Yeah. So that was, you know, in, unless you're willing to make from Lexington, the 30, 40 minute drive out to Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, which is not bad. I mean, it's a beautiful drive. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not bad at all. Yeah, I don't I don't mind it one bit. But I, I think this is a great pour. I mean it's only what, like thirty dollars, thirty five dollars, yeah, something like that. It's not that much more than just regular wild turkey one oh one. I mean you get a like a little extra. Um but it's uh it's I think it's worth it. It's definitely like something I've reached for in the wintertime, and I think that's gonna be the case with a lot of things this episode is we're kind of phasing out of my rye want you know it's getting hotter yeah that was uh kind of something one one of the reasons that i think you suggest so so this is actually a an episode suggested by swan um and uh we we uh i was excited for it um because it's kind of the tail end of that yeah tail end of wanting rye exactly and we haven't really done a rye episode in a long time. I mean, it's definitely been pre episode 100, maybe even pre episode 50. Um, and that was just me and Iverson recording. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited to, to try some, some different rise. Uh, but before we do that, Swan, what, have, what have you been drinking recently? Honestly, so much, man. Got off <laughs> a, st- a strong Same. 14 hour shift the other day, came home, poured out some old granddad 114. Can't go wrong with that. I've uh, been dipping into this Jefferson's Ocean Voyage 10 quite a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a real like treat. It's just a real sipper for me. This was honestly one of my first introductions to uh, higher proof bourbon. 
was the Jefferson's 10. Oh, Remember, yeah. Yeah, I went over to Chad's house for the first time to drop off some bottles, and he just had a few things that were new. And at the time, Voyage 11 was coming out, and uh, he asked me if I wanted to try one of the, you know, gimmicky bourbons that he had. This was the the bourbon, Jefferson's Ocean Voyage 10. Bought Dude, one that immediately. Was, that was so long ago, too. Yeah. Like... <laughs> And I've just I've had the same bottle ever since. It's almost gone. So really? Yeah, working right, well, on it. It's, you, you got about a quarter of it left. Oh, I can make that happen, Captain. You got it. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm in the same boat, though. Like, it's just th- things have just been stressful with work. And it's just oof. I'm just exhausted. So I, I've been drinking a little bit more as well. Right. <laughs> I do this thing, so my, my brain does this thing where it's like, you've got, it, it, it goes, hey, Perry, you've got two bottles of the same thing. It is totally okay for you to just blow through the first one mm-hmm. because you're going to be able to have the second one and it's just going to be there. And like, I did that with the Heaven Hill six-year bottled in bond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because I just I got a, a backup bottle from you, which was a backup for my backup. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true. It was a backup for my last bottle, um, and I killed it the other night. I killed it, and just I was like, "This is over. This is it." Well, that's um, completely fair, man. Because I did this exact <laughs> same thing with Wild Turkey One One Rye. Uh, this is like my. I, I ended up buying that case. Sold two to Chad. I think one to you. One to somebody mm-hmm. else, and I had two. And just immediately killed like a bottle. Like I, at one point I was like, you know, I just, I've not been real drunk in a while. I'm just going to take shots of one one rye. Yeah. Just warm me up. And it was in the middle of the winter time. Just went through that <laughs> bottle, man. It's just gone. I, I, I was just like, I don't know why my brain goes also, Hey, things suck right now and your anxiety's high. You should yeah. drink a little bit more, which happens. It's fine. And yeah. honestly, it helps me calm down quite a bit. Um, but I had the I had kind of the same thing last night. I was just like, I've gotta I've gotta just drink. <laughs> yeah. I just need I just I just need I just need to I just need a drink. Just, just shut this off for a minute. Yes, exactly. And you know what? It was wonderful. Yeah. It was really nice. Um so I'm not going to complain about it too much. But I've also got my my mainstays, of course, uh, Turkey 101, Granddad 114. I was finally able to find another bottle of Rebel Yell 100. Oh, finally. yeah. No, it's been hard to find. I could not believe that I found another bottle of it. Um, and it was even, I mean, it was even in Lexington. Now, granted, it's a... Um, a, a shop that I don't go to very often mm-hmm. um, just because it's on the opposite end of town for me. Um, but I had, I had gone there to pick up a pick, um, which they were sold out of. Um, but that's actually where I, <laughs> I picked up the uh, Bohemian bourbon. I've, I've read high proof bourbon first and I was like, don't call it that. Um, I picked up the Bohemian bourbon from, from there as well. Um, and you know, I walked in and I was like, 
so are you guys out of the Four Roses pick? And he was like, yeah, we sold out yesterday. I was like, okay, I'll just get something else too then. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the worst, man. I need to get yeah. a new Russell's pick here pretty soon. I'm I'm out of them. Oh, I am. I am too. Um, you know what's funny? The other store that I went to last mm-hmm. week um, to pick up that Knob Creek pick, um, they said they had a, a a Russell's pick coming in, and I totally missed out on it. I am just now remembering that that happened. Oh, man. it. <laughs> it's all right. It's Rap. all right. <laughs> well, we'll get one I'll, soon. Just, I'll just have to get one from Liquor Barn or something. I don't know. Who's the same? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, the answer to what have I been drinking recently is all the bourbons. All the bourbons. The all, the all of the above. All of the, all of the whiskeys that I have. well swan that's what we've been drinking we have a a a ridiculous amount of news uh to to get into i need i need another pour so that we can we can get through this i i went with this uh since we're doing the rye episode i went with the dickel rye uh which i just picked up recently Oh, okay it's good i'm sticking with a little bit of bourbon i got in my glass and then i might switch over something else i got over here that all righty uh the first Big, awesome, fantastic news that we have to share. Oh my gosh, I think I peed a little when I when I first read this headline. The distilleries get to reopen in Kentucky. I yeah. like, oh my gosh, it's actually happening. <laughs> it is. And it's about time because I mean that's like our that's our big thing. Oh yeah. You know? Absolutely. And I'm not I, I'm not saying that nice. it's going to like 100 percent jumpstart the economy. I think it's definitely going to have a significant impact. Uh, but th- this is like the first step in things in. I feel like in our world, at least, aside from being able to go to restaurants, aside from being able to go to bars and, and have, you know, small groups and small tastings or whatever. This is like the beginning of things going back to normal for us. Yeah, and I think with this, I'm also going to make it a point to, I love Buffalo Trace, I love Heaven Hill, but if I can go to uh, James E. Pepper again, if I can go to Bluegrass Distillers, I mean, I'm going to try to hit the smaller ones, even if they got a a fee attached to just looking around, that's fine, because I'd much rather give them a little extra money, because they've been struggling pretty hard for the past little bit so the the distilleries have really been shut down for about three months and you know there's going to be like a a limit on how many people are going to be able to be there and and everything um and like they're 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 going to have criteria as to what is actually going to be possible in terms of allowing people to come to the distilleries um again it's not the most perfect scenario nothing about this is but at the very least, we can go and do a bourbon tasting at a distillery again. I mean, yeah, I, like I, I want to go give like Freddie Johnson a hug. <laughs> give him an elbow oh, yeah. tap. You know he's gonna be all yeah. about that. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, I, I that that is just crazy exciting. Um, and kind of off the back of that as well. I in in celebration, at least of the the distillery or excuse me, the bourbon trail reopening uh, wilderness trail uh, finally announced. And we kind of knew this was going to happen. Thanks to Haley 
uh, over at Wilderness Trail that their six-year-old weeded bourbon is going to be released to the public, finally. It was originally going to be in March. Uh, Of course, those plans got pushed back. Um, and here we are, you can, uh, at, at the time, oh, nope, never mind. I was wrong. They are sold out. <laughs> I see that. And it looks like they have a hundred box sets available for June 8th. The limit is two boxes or two box sets yeah. per person. So that looks like they did probably a, a, you know, a barrel, maybe two. Sure. You, well, the, but Hey, that's, that's hope. That, you know? Well, the, the thing about it was, and, um, I, I, got that that link to their website through the email that they sent through and everything too um and they said that there are going to be another 300 of these box sets available to the public um in the next few months so there's more of this product out there there will be more product available to the public but in this case uh, if you snoozed on this one unfortunately you lost so <laughs> Yeah. It happens, man. It's a little rough. It happens, but uh, I, I, I am looking forward to at least seeing where this goes in the future. Um, hoping to get a a sample of this potentially from from the folks over at Wilderness Trail, and it, it's good to see them uh, putting out some some older product as well, especially after having pretty much four year uh, four year whiskeys uh, for the past. Gosh, how long has it been since they've been releasing stuff, Swan? Probably 2017. Yeah, I think so. 2017, 2018, something like that. Yeah. And, you know, I still have a little bit of their, I think it's release D. So, like, one of the first ones they ever did. Mm, yeah. Um, so we can definitely try that up against oh, it yeah. if we get that six here. I just, progress is amazing. <laughs> I'm sure. Heck yeah, dude. Uh, well, also in regards to a another weeded product uh this is kind of like a non-news news that happened this week um so this is a a tweet from a friend of the show fred minnick um and i actually saw this label that he's talking about he talked about it on uh his friday night live stream um Mm -hmm. this past week i I, i'm just gonna read this i for verbatim from his twitter uh twitter page at fred minnick said, I have received multiple messages about a Weller, quote, toasted release uh, with a TTB cola form as evidence. Pretty sure this has already been debunked in forums, but Sazerac told me it's a hoax. A hoax, rather. A hoax. It's a hoax. Uh, no, it's a hoax. Uh, and, quote, fake news. Uh, but, hey, it gave us all something to gossip about for a hot minute. We just got done talking about dumb fake labels making the rounds uh, in, yeah. in the bourbon world. I've, I mean, why, why is this still happening? People are just bored, man. I mean, and also, again, going back to what I said, you, if you make it, you know, a possibility in people's heads and they go wild with it and the distillery sees, oh, there's a significant response to this. Maybe yeah. they'll make it. Not right now, because I have to imagine, you know, they got to put it in a barrel and wait six years before they're willing to put it out. But yeah. still. I... I'm just, I'm so like, and, and Fred considered it to be just even kind of cool that people were doing something like this in the community, just that it's gotten to that point where people feel the need to (laughs) feel the need to troll a little bit. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just frustrated with it still. I just think that, you know, spend your time elsewhere, spend your time doing better things than that. 
Um, but that being said, there are plenty of actual releases and actual uh, bits of news that have come out this week, um, which we will continue to talk about here right now. What a weird segue for me. Um, so Pinhook has announced uh, a new Rye Vertical series um, to kind of coincide with their Bourbon um, Vertical series as well. Uh, and it's starting from uh, with the Tiz Rye Time four-year-old rye. Uh, and this is coming from GoBourbon.com, our friends over at the Bourbon Review. Um, they said the series will follow a group of 950 barrels of 95% rye, 5% malted rye whiskey distilled in Indiana in 2016. The first release, a blend of 50 barrels aged four years, will be our introduction, introduction rather to the barrels. Over the next nine years, we'll be able to taste the rye whiskey in annual releases as it ages from four years to 12. That's freaking exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. It is a little... See, this is the only thing with Pinhook that gets me, man, is it seems like everything they put out is a special release. But I, I do like the that. idea of the vertical series. That is very interesting, because you can collect them all and literally just have, like, 4 through 12, getting to know, you know, each each of these things at, at what age it's at. I mean, I have to imagine the four-year rise is not going to be bad, but the 12-year is going to be phenomenal, you know? You would, I mean, I mean we, would, we would assume so, but at the same time, I mean, there's the chance for it to be over-oaked. There's the chance for it to just, you know, fall maybe a little bit flat, honestly. Um, yeah. But that, that being said, I, I, I am looking forward to it. I am. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's another thing to collect, too, which I think the bourbon community just eats up. What, we haven't had enough things to collect over the past mm-hmm. few years? I mean, listen, Perry, <laughs> give me one more. It's fine. I can do it. I'll get more shelf space. Uh, but I, I think it'd be fun. I can imagine them getting to like 10 and people are thinking, oh, this is over-oaked. And then 11 and 12 come out and they're just like, oh, well, I don't know if we should put this out. But they've already committed. Here's my, here's my question. Is this just I, a knockoff of the the rhetoric series um i don't know that's a good question so the rhetoric series was already ultra aged to start because their lowest i believe was a 20 they went 20 to 25 um and they also released it low proof what 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 are these coming out at i uh, good question uh the four-year-old rye is going to be 97 proof so there i I think you're you're getting pretty strong there. That with it, it is kind of a rhetoric idea that they're taking, which is fine because they're doing it with a rye, you know. So it is a little different, and the, the verticals are are also interesting because I feel like there's a lot more variance between four to twelve than there may be between twenty to twenty five. Because mm-hmm. at out of every rhetoric I've tried, I think I had the twenty one and the twenty three, both just taste super over oak to me. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It might be, it might be good. I do hope that as they go up in this vertical series, they decide to add more barrels in because if I started collecting this and use the same amount of barrels from four all the way through 12 and the evaporation rate is just insane towards 12 and it's like, Oh, we're putting out 600 bottles of the, the four year. And then you get to the, the 12 year and it's like, well, we got like 15 <laughs> <laughs> it's, and, and it's also $250 a bottle and 
it's like yeah. 80, 82 proof. <laughs> yeah, the whole the whole idea of the vertical is I should be able to collect them all. So as a consumer, I can see where your product ranges from four to twelve. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not able to do that, it's going to be a little frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, uh, one way or another. Well, speaking of frustrating <laughs> releases too. Ugh. Swan, do you want to take this one? I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, okay. So Peyton Manning. We love to see our celebrity whiskeys and bourbons. This one's uh, coming from Whiskey Advocate. He's putting out a bourbon uh, called Sweeten's Cove. Uh, uh, it's Dickel. <laughs> it's Dickel. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out how to get there. I did it's, it for you. You know, I will say the bottle design's nice. It's very, like, it makes you feel very, like, master's jacket green. It's got that in there. It's 13 years old. It's coming in 101 proof. The only redeeming quality for this that I feel is the person that blended it. Yeah, Because it's actually going to be Marianne Eves that blended this. That's that's how I've, uh, I feel about it, too. And... You know, it, it's it's funny because we and we talked about this on um, the pregame chats from last week. But didn't she finalize the blend while she was still pregnant? Yeah, she was doing the whole crazy. sip and spit thing. It's crazy, you know. That's that is art right there. Um, as as exciting as that is, though, um, the the price is not exciting. The price is not exciting. It's coming in at $200. And another thing that's not exciting about it is, and I just read this directly from their article here. uh, So this was blended, and then he's putting this out. And it does seem to be some sort of a a bit of a money grab because it says Manning says he had a few sips and really enjoyed it. Enjoyed as in large large, uh, quotation marks there. (laughs) That's, That's a little scary. So if you're not if you're not a hundred percent invested in making a bourbon, it scares me. Like Matthew McConaughey, I know he sat down with the Russells and said, This is something I feel like you guys are missing as far as in your product line, and this is something I enjoy and I'd love to put my name on. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. When you go to Dickel and you're like, hey, just give me like forty barrels, I'm gonna send it off to Marianne Eves and she's gonna make her magic, you know, and then we're just gonna put it out. It's like, okay, great. Where were you in this process? Why are you even putting your name on it? At this point, just put some random name on there, sell it, and be fine. Somebody's going to buy it. You know, even even Metallica had a hand in crafting what Blackened was going to be. They worked with Dave mm-hmm. Pickerel to to yeah. make that whiskey. And I it's shoot, man, Peyton Manning's retired. <laughs> I don't He's I don't, got time. I don't mean to, I don't mean to like poke poke the bear or anything but like metallica at the time when all of this was happening with blackened they were still touring they were still making music peyton man is not playing football anymore i mean there's got to yeah. be some kind of retirement time that allows him to go and maybe have some kind of a hand in this i mean do you really think that he had a hand in designing this no yeah exactly same can be said for i mean I, I highly, highly doubt that he had much to do with the, this product in general. I, yeah. I, I'd be surprised if um, he even thought that the <laughs> that the proof was okay. I mean, 
this first release is 102 proof. Yeah, it is. I said 101, my bad. But yeah, 102. And on top of it, another weird thing is, is it says right here, uh, after winning Super Bowl 50, he planned to drink a lot of Budweiser. But Sweeten's Cove was inspired by both shot-taking tradition and the course of specials quality. And then it goes into all of this stuff about golf. This is not even inspired by his, his football career. This is just a, a secondary thing he does, golf. And he made an entire bourbon out of it. What is it's this? It's strange. <laughs> it's just What strange. is this? Yeah, I, I prefer to think of this as a specialty blended thing for Marianne Eves because I'm more excited to think of it as that. I, I do like that it's not got Peyton Manning and just massive text across the front of the bottle. I'll, I'll give it that. So even if he's detached from this, it's still interesting, you know, by itself. Yeah. And he did, it says down here at the bottom that he did a huge event uh, for COVID-19 relief. Uh, and it looks like they actually served this at one of the things. So, you know, I, Good for him. At least it's going towards something good. It's not just a a hundred percent money grab, but it does seem a little odd. Yeah, it, it's it's very, it's a little unsettling, but it is whatever at this point. Um, it, it is so it is a barrel proof bourbon. I uh, it again does come from Tennessee. is going to be two hundred dollars, uh, and the first relief uh, release rather uh, has been in May twenty twenty. There's going to be about fourteen thousand bottles available as well. Um. What's and and I think something too that we didn't touch on is that you can get a thirteen year Dickel product for much less <laughs> than two hundred dollars. I mean, this still fetches. It's the Dickel, and it's not bourbon; it's whiskey. But it's the bottled and bond thirteen year product uh, that came out yeah. uh, in twenty. Was that twenty? It was twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. I can't remember. Um, but I mean, it, it's like fifty bucks a bottle, sixty bucks a bottle, um, and you're gonna be able to find it. If you, yeah, that is, that is true. This. That is true. So I'm gonna leave that at that. <laughs> as long as it doesn't turn into the next Redneck Riviera, uh, oh, Riviera, Lord. where I like walked in a liquor barn and they had a whole like eight foot section of nothing but signed bottles, oh, and I'm like, I'm still gonna pass up on this. <laughs> Uh, there is a brand new release of barrel bourbon that's going to be coming out, batch 24. Uh, again, it's going to be a blend of Kentucky, Indiana, and Tennessee bourbons. Uh, 56.95% ABV. I really need to stop trying to do this math in my head because I am no good at it. 113.9 uh, yeah, proof. Cool. So, see, see how quick I did that? I did it really there you I go. nailed that one. Nine dollars a bottle gonna be released in June of this year. Um it's a blend of nine to fifteen year old high rye bourbons from uh like we said, Kentucky, Indiana, and Tennessee. After the success of batch twenty-one out at the San Francisco World Spirits competition, what are your expectations of this one, Swan? I think it's gonna be good. I will say just looking at the picture that they've supplied for this, it looks a lot darker than some of the other ones I've seen from Barrel Bourbon. Uh, which is interesting because I think the darkest one I've seen from them has actually been that uh, dovetail. But mm-hmm. that's not necessarily a bourbon. Um I I'm more and more excited for anything Barrel does, to be honest with you. They just seem to have really earned their place in the blending uh bourbon community. So 
I'm I'm all for it. I'm I'm really ready to pick up another bottle of it because the one pick that I had of it didn't really impress me. Yeah, you actually uh, gave me the rest of that bottle, and I honestly don't know if I've touched it since you gave it to me. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. No worries, no worries. This is a another kind of odd release. Um, the Ella Jones Straight Bourbon coming out of Colorado. Uh, which is supposed to be about two years old, I guess, considering it's two years, it's a straight, rather. Uh, 94 proof, $55 a bottle, uh, for sale in Colorado only. Uh, I can pass on this one. Yeah, it says that it was uh, ranging from two and a half to three years old. The mash bill includes all Colorado-grown grains, mm-hmm. 75% corn, 15% organic, Dillon rye, 10% Metcalf, two-row malted barley. So it seems like they're kind of taking a little bit more of like the, uh, oh, what's it called? They're, t- they're taking more of uh, an approach of just like local stuff, which is fine. Uh, it doesn't always produce the best things we kind of lucked out with some of the distilleries that are doing it here um god what's the one in shelbyville that does that i don't know i can't remember uh bloody butcher oh, corn oh jeff the creed jeff the creed <laughs> yes First try we lucked out with them <laughs> yeah i mean they they do their own growing and things and keep it very local and i appreciate that but that that's one of the few that i've seen that have done that and kept everything in-house and i actually enjoy it so hopefully this one's the same but i'm not going to be searching it out for sale in colorado only i don't think i'll be making it up there. Nah, not anytime soon at the very least. Yeah. Next release on the docket is one that's upsetting lots and lots of people. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a it's a new uh, edition of Weller from Buffalo Trace. It's a single barrel. Uh, yay, I guess. Whatever. Uh, 40, no, 97 proof. $50 a bottle. Limited availability and being released in June. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting tired of this swan. <laughs> I am too. I'm getting worn, real worn out with it, man. What's the point? What's the point? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so if I get to try it or if I find it, I know I'm going to enjoy it. But it's just, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't want to I don't want to search this out. They even pointed out right here in the article. As usual with most Buffalo Trace whiskeys, expect many stores to price this higher than recommended. It'll still sell out. Like that just hurts. Why you know? are we resigning ourselves to such crappy standards? Why? Why yeah. are we allowing this to happen? It's so frustrating. Yeah, if I'm a liquor store owner and I read this article and it said it'll still sell out, I'm thinking, well, I can charge three times that. Fifty dollars at least. Three put it up there for one fifty, one seventy five. I mean, you, you, if if you put it out into the world that it could potentially be priced higher than retail, who's to stop the the these stores from charging two hundred and fifty dollars for this bottle? Nobody. Yeah. There is no it's it's the Wild West in terms of regulations on pricing. And this is something that people have been screaming into the void about forever now. And 
and mm. Buffalo Trace keeps fanning the flames. I love Buffalo Trace. I really do. They make great products. But this is such a weird move. I really want to see them do more of the Pappy style releases they just did with products like this. What do you, what do you mean? Like a single barrel Pappy? No, 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 no. You know how they did, they structured their Pappy release that they just did online? Uh, where you signed up and then certain people got the bottles. I think if everyone had a flat level of like signing up for this and then it got shipped like direct from distillery, like that Pappy was, yeah. I think that would be a little bit better. Because then it wouldn't be priced so high. It wouldn't be, uh, you know, everyone kind of gets a fair, even playing field. Unless you don't have internet. I mean, True. that's, I, I don't know. It just sucks, especially reading that last line there. Yeah, it, it's just but, um, it just gets disheartening and it gets so obnoxiously frustrating. After a while, and it you does. just don't you don't know what to do except just throw your hands up and go, I give up. I'm just going to drink Turkey 101 from now on or just drink Rebel Yell 100 if you're talking about a weeder like it's. Yeah. I don't know. And 48.5 AVB or ABV, that's just, I don't know. I just want, I want more from it for it to be such a sought after item. I, I think I said that it's 94 proof. It's 97 proof. I apologize for that. Um, if I did. Uh, anyway, I, I've got to, I got to move on to something else before my blood pressure hits the, <laughs> hits the ceiling. Uh, Basil yeah. Hayden's 10 year old straight ride. It's the newest edition of Basil Hayden's. Uh, in in the the whiskey world, this is uh, of course ten years old, still sitting at eighty proof. Uh, it's it's fetching a pretty hefty price at seventy dollars, um, and it is going to be limited edition. I feel like I've seen this in the stores a little bit more commonly, or a little bit more so than I have some of the past releases. Um, what, yeah. Is this anything close to a pickup for you, Swan? No. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm I'm good. Basil Hayden's not my thing. <laughs> Chad Chad said that he picked it up. Um, well, Chad's got every release they've got. Currently. That is true, but he is also much more of a collector than we are. Yes. Uh, also, I just don't care about Basil Hayden. It's not for me. It's weird to take a beginning, like a beginner's bourbon or somebody that just really wants a light sipper and just do so much strange stuff with it. Because it seems like if you, you kind of rely on Basil Hayden as Old Faithful, why mess with sure. it? It's just strange. I think strange is a, a good way of putting it. Uh, speaking of strange, well, it's not really that strange. Uh, <laughs> uh, Laws out of Colorado is putting out a six-year, four-grain bottled and bond bourbon. Uh, so 100 proof, of course, $75. Uh, released in May and 60,000 bottles. I don't know, man. What do you feel about this? I'm excited about this. I've, I've, I've had I, a couple I, of the Lost products. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in, in giving this one a shot, for sure. Um, I think the age is probably going to be what helps us the most, uh, along with the, the bottled and bond stamp. So... Yeah, and also I've heard a few things about these laws guys. They are meticulous. They, I mean, they seem like the kind of guys that honestly they could put something in a barrel for six years and check on it every single day. And if the day that they pulled it out of the barrel, 
they or like thought about pulling it out of the barrel, they tried it and it didn't seem right to them, or it just wasn't good enough, they would just dump it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they are just apparently very meticulous about their product, and it does show. I had their Sakal Rye, and I actually really enjoyed it. Really? Uh, yeah. So that that's another one that they they put out. Uh, but I I would be interested even at seventy five dollars. I yeah, I'm I'm interested in the very least. It just if it's if it's at OBC trying it there you know I, yeah. I i would be curious especially since you know the the amount of four grain products that we have in general um there's just not that many so to to see one being released especially in a bottle to bond format um i'm looking i'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out uh last release yeah. that is currently on the shelf catoctin creek infinity barrel hashtag in this together rye um, it is a, a finished rye as well at 80 proof and $45. So the, the owners of, of uh, Catoctin Creek, the founders, um, had offered to buy back any of these uh, single barrels that restaurants and bars had ordered from the distillery. Um, and they then, interestingly enough, blended all of them together um, to create this bottle uh, and 100% of the product, excuse me, 100% of the profits rather uh, will go to several nonprofits, including uh, the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation, the U.S. Bartenders Guild Bartender Emergency Assistance Program, Ayuda DMV, and Southern Smoke. Very cool. We've been talking, of course, for the past two or three months about distilleries giving back and finding ways to give back uh, to the communities that keep them in business. And I, I this is great. This is really, really cool. Yeah. No, this is this is really interesting. And I, I do like that they've actually called it an infinity, infinity barrel. Mm-hmm. I, I like that because that's the first time I think I've actually seen that branding on a package. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it anywhere else either. So good on, good on you, Catoctin Creek. Really, really good on you. All right, Swan, let's uh, let's try to run through some of these uh, these TTB filings because we have some drinking to do as well. Oh, oh yeah. man. Okay, so the first one is the brand new batch proof from uh, Woodford Reserve. Uh, they had released a, a different TTB label earlier in the year. I think it was at 126.4. Uh, and this one is actually at 128.3. I guess I'm excited. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that Woodford shines at a higher proof. I do too. I'm not big I'm not a big fan of a lot of the stuff that they put out uh personally, but I think at higher proof it does it does tend to shine a little bit. Yeah. So uh, you know, extra two proof points. I'm not mad about yeah. that. I'm not particularly either. Uh the next one is <clears throat> an anniversary bottling of Angel's Envy. This is their tenth anniversary. Uh, whiskey, which has been aged in Japanese Mizunura oak casks, uh, or finished rather, at ninety-seven point eight proof. Uh, it's I'm I'm kind of excited about this. I'd give it a shot. I yeah, I am. I hope it's got some Legion stuff going on with it. Oh I heck yeah, be fun. Yeah, it it does say on the label here. It's got a bottle number, so I'm assuming this is going to be very limited. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, they, all of the Angels Envy products have been so—they've unfortunately been expensive, 
And so I don't know if this will wind up being a pickup for me or not. Um, I would be interested in trying it, of course. I feel like I've been saying that a lot recently, that I would just be interested in trying some of these releases. Uh, of course, that goes without saying. <laughs> yeah, and I do think it's interesting, too, because a lot of these uh, you know, finished bourbons that they do, or, or finished bourbons in general, it doesn't seem like they keep them in there for too long. It's like six, eight months. You know, it's very, very temperament once it gets put in, put in these. This one says charred new Japanese Mizunura oak cast for two years. That's intense. That's a long time. Yeah, that's a good, good while to sit on that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that'd be that'd be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. This next one is kind of a kind of a head scratcher. Um is Rebel Yell losing the yell in their branding? Are they just becoming Rebel Bourbon? Because that's uh, that's kind of what it's looking like with the, this new TTB filing. This is for the 10-year single barrel that uh, we've talked about on the show before. And it just maybe. and it just says Rebel. How interesting. I mean, Rebel Yell is not it's not a new brand by any means. I mean, and it's not necessarily a heritage brand, but I mean, it's been around for a long time. Yeah. I mean, the only thing on here that says rebel yell is at the top. They've got above the actual large rebel text. They've got the RY. Yeah. And even that's it. Even then, I mean, that could just be because it's a cool little insignia that they've used. I don't know, man. I, I think it's, I think it's really weird to to make this make this change yeah no it's definitely going to be odd but you know hey it's their choice and if the bourbon still tastes as good as it does i'll pick it up yeah absolutely i've i okay before we we dive into what this next one is how would you how would you say that name uh shepherd's peanutty that's what i said i said it's peanutty and Lucy said, no, it's Panutti. I was like, that's not how you say that. <laughs> no, it's definitely like Peanutty. Yeah, it definitely is. Because, I don't know. <laughs> so this is a new peanut butter whiskey from uh, Sazerac, actually. Um, it's 70 proof in a 750 pot. I don't know what to say about this. I mean, it's it's a new, it's another screwball. <laughs> Yeah. And Screwball itself no, I mean, was another, you know, just peanut butter whiskey in general. Yeah, no, but Screwball did so well, I guess. Jump in the market. Yeah. I mean, it's... What a package, it's man. It's something else. It is something else, that's for sure. I think I might have to post a picture of this one on social media. <laughs> if I can be as happy as the man that they put on that label when I'm his age, I've, I've done something right. The real question is, does he have teeth? <laughs> No, but <laughs> if you have enough peanutty whiskey, who cares? Who gives a crap? You don't need teeth to drink whiskey. Exactly. I I can I read can I read the back of the label to you cuz it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um I'm going to should I do a voice? Maybe I shouldn't do a voice. I'm not going to do it. Can you talk like you have no to- like no teeth? Oh, stop. <laughs> that is awful. <laughs> Harry, this is an audio medium. All right, we never mind. Not be making those sounds. <laughs> never mind. There's some. There's a. It's a strange. It's a very strange back label. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Sazerac has a new uh, 120 proof bourbon as well, uh, coming from the Big House label. 
Um, we don't see many 120 proof whiskeys out. Maybe was was this a response to being told that uh, COVID nineteen was being fought by sixty percent alcohol <laughs> at least? Maybe products. Yeah, that that or the, I guess they just thought maybe we should really try to do something about uh, you know having all these Knob Creek single barrels out. Because <laughs> even the I will say now that I'm looking at it, this big house bourbon, it's got the same color scheme. It's got the same style of like strap labeling mm-hmm. on it. It's got the same kind of back labeling oh, on yeah. it, even. Uh, and then on top of it, it's you know same proof. It's, I don't know. What if it? I don't if know. It, if it winds up coming out in a square bottle with wax, <laughs> I wouldn't be entirely. I think surprised. we're on to something. I, I, we're we're definitely playing Sherlock Holmes at the moment <laughs> with yeah. this one. Uh, this next one, uh, there's so many labels out anymore, Swan. I don't even know what some of these products are or where they're coming from. Um, this is Mac straight bourbon whiskey, uh, 12 years old, 114 proof. I like both of those things. I would be very interested uh, in seeing how they play off of each other. Uh, the back label says the finest age bourbon from select stocks to be enjoyed exclusively with good friends and family bottled by Boundary Oak Distillery in Radcliffe, Kentucky. Uh, what distillery is in Radcliffe, Kentucky? I don't know. There is one thing I do like about this, though, is they they're using the old tax trip. So that'll be nice. Oh, yes. So it's going to be kind of a long neck bottle, which who's mad? Not me. And then uh, on top of it, they put very blatantly on the front. The finest age bourbon from selected stocks. We'll see. But to be enjoyed exclusively with good friends and family, that is something I can get behind. Heck yes. Heck yes, indeed. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing whatever this product uh, actually turns out to be. And this last bottle label uh, is the 80 proof Silas Jones Kentucky Straight Bourbon whiskey what is this inspired by the original thomas moore distillery inspired by hey that's my name thomas moore it uh, is <gasps> swan do you have a connection to the tom moore distillery no uh if they if i do they got a lot of christmases to catch up on um <laughs> uh bo- yeah. bottled by the brookstone distilling company in louisville uh i'm guessing this is probably a, a heaven hill sourced whiskey yeah, it wouldn't surprise me silas jones you know we'll see what's going on with it i don't have high hopes for this one the pra- the past two i'm interested in I'll, I'll give it that i do like that the they're coming out with some higher proof product yeah for sure we'll see man who's the same so that does it for the news of the week swan you, you ready to drink some rye buddy oh absolutely been waiting all right, how about we start out with this uh, this Willet Family Estate Small Batch Rye. Um, this is the three-year, actually, the discontinued three-year. Um, okay. From it's been a while since we've this one. Yeah, from before they bumped it up. This is 107 proof. This was a birthday bottle for me from, like, 20... Oof, man, 2017, 2018? Maybe not even... Yeah, something like that. Um my 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 dad got it my dad got it for me for my birthday thanks dad <laughs> thanks dad <laughs> Ooh, it is wildly different than the 
101 rye I just finished up. It is very rye. Ooh. And I'm drinking out of my baby Glen too. Yeah. So makes everything look like a Perry pour. <laughs> yeah. I start to get the rye spice and then I'm just hit with ethanol. Yeah, I think that the ethanol is definitely more present, but when I'm if I'm looking for the whiskey notes, the clove is definitely present. There's even like a like a wet grass smell to it as well. Yeah. I had this exact smell earlier and it's not gonna be appealing, I'm gonna be honest with you, but there's a big piece of plywood at the apartment that I just got <laughs> that's on the back porch that just got wet. It just smells like that wet plywood. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of picking up um mint ice cream. A lot more pleasant than what I was saying. Yeah. I can kind of see it. Yeah. I, I get I get the wet plywood though. But I don't, I, I don't know. I don't I feel like I'm kind of leaning a little bit more into the pleasant smells for some reason. Ooh, but that. All right, we just both took a sip of it. Ooh, that's a spicy meatball. That is spicy, but you know what? The finish on that is phenomenal. It's real nice. That is mm. really good. It's like... It's like a dark chocolate-covered pretzel. Yeah. Dipped yeah. in honey. <laughs> it's good, oh, the and honey, the length the is really good, though. too. Yeah. Yeah, the length of that finish, amazing. It's still kind of sitting down down here in like the the neck too. Yeah, it's I weird. agree. I'm 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 getting a pretty decent hug off of it as well. There's something about like 107 proofers. Mm-hmm. Um they they either drink real hot or not. See, I always have a problem with the 107 proof range where uh it feels like they very intentionally have been watered down at that proof. Mm, yeah. Which is weird because the two that really come to mind are like Weller 107 and the Bakers. Uh but both of those are fine, but I've had a couple of like Pure Kentucky XO, I think. I was going to say Pure Kentucky XO is 107 as well. Yeah, it's just odd. Uh I've had a few more that are like at that 107 proof range and they're just not they just feel watered down or something. Yeah. This is good. <laughs> this is very good. Yeah, no, that is a bold move of them to switch this from the three-year up. Because I know they have, what, have four and a five? Yeah, I think I think it's just at four right now. Just at four? Yeah. Yeah, so that's bold to move it. This is good. It's a bold move there, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out for him. Yeah. <laughs> Always good movie. Always a good movie to get back I haven't watch. watched it in a while. I need to I need to watch it again. That you was... doing, Pear? Got plenty of time, buddy. No kidding. Well, kind of. I mean, (laughs) for the most part. But um, I don't know where I was going with that story. This is good whiskey. (laughs) It is. That honey is just super present all the way through. It's got a brittle note up front as well. It does. I kind of see it's like you don't know which way it's going to lean. 
Mm-hmm. And then it finally, when it gets into the finish, gets a little darker, gives you that dark chocolate, that kind of like extra bitterness. I don't know. I'm not mad at it. I'm still kind of adjusting to rise. It's been a while since I've had one. I've I've been kind of um, I've been enjoying them in spurts, I guess, mm-hmm. here and there. Um, anybody who's watching the, the Patreon live stream um, can basically see that my cabinet is getting unloaded slowly but surely and that basically means that everything that was in the cabinet is moving to my floor uh, which will eventually move out of the room and into our new recording space in the garage um, for when the baby comes Um, but even even still like if if it's in my cabinet and I feel like having it I'm just getting it out and now I'm just I'm in like a sea of whiskey at the moment so that's kind yeah. of what contributes also to my what we've been drinking where i'm just like just anything just if it's just there, anything if it's there and i feel like it like i mean if i want some of this new riff rye which is it's serendipitous that i pulled out the rye um <laughs> if that's what i'm feeling like then i'll yeah i like the idea of you just being blindfolded sticking your arms straight out and like <laughs> waving them back and forth and grabbing two bottles for the night it's always fun yeah, but I, 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 I've I've spent uh, more time recently um, drinking on my rise just as much as if I had just as much as I have had my my bourbon as well. Um, yeah, this guess, is viscous. Yes, you want to talk about mouthfeel for a bourbon or a, a rye? This is up there. This is one of those those rye's though that kind of that it constantly surprises me. I've never really been a big fan of the Willet bourbon in general, if, yeah. if you can find it. I just don't think that it's got as much going on with it as a lot of people claim that it does or fawn over kind of in general. I just think it's I think it's fine, but I really think the rye is where it shines. And, yeah, I would agree with that. And um, for what? Like... 50 60 bucks a bottle is that right i can't remember off the top of my head yeah it's it's a little more than i i usually would want to pay but i mean there's been some bourbons that come out that are you know or i'm sorry rise that come out that are just two three years and phenomenal and i think this is up there yeah and if it's at that 60 dollar price tag i do think it's worth it i think it's a great entry into Willet because i've had even some of their non like family estate bottles um you know, the Johnny Drum and Pure Kentucky XO. And honestly, I'd much rather have this. Well, Swan, how about we try something else? F, sign me up. <laughs> um, I gave you a sample of the Sagamore Cast Strength Rye at 112.2 proof. I don't know exactly when this is from. I feel like it's from 1919. <laughs> 2019. Or twenty eighteen. Yeah, maybe maybe twenty eighteen. I'm not sure. I have not had a Sagamore Rye yet. I think really? the only one I've had is their standard uh or their no, it's not the standard. I had their double barreled. Oh I'll okay. try that. I was a big fan of that. Um it is a straight rye, so mm-hmm. of of course at least two years. Uh, again, um I am not seeing anything on the label. Um, saying that it might be four years 
or under. So I'm guessing it's a four-year-old rye whiskey. Um, it was distilled uh, in Indiana and was bottled in Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So likely uh, MGP. Potentially. Yeah, but it's from Maryland. And I again, we... You know, we go over packaging a lot on this show. I love Sagamore's packaging. I do, too. It's it's a little bit more on the on the intense or over-the-top side, but it doesn't yeah. do it in a way that makes it feel overpowering. Like, it's, it's definitely a presence um, as opposed to, a, like... A power, I guess. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know what I mean. I mean, imagine if a Frank Lloyd Wright house became a bourbon bottle. That's pretty much what that is. Like it is just strong angles, strong packaging. It's it's nice. Yeah. And they've got a little bit of homage to the the Baltimore flag there. That's got a lot of those geometric shapes in the top left and bottom right. Mm-hmm. Um. And so that's that's always nice too. As far as the nose, though, it's peppery. It is peppery. It is Pepper City. Which I think is a Pokemon town, but I'm not sure. Actually, that's just called Pepper Town, isn't it? I think so. It is light, too, for 112. I I agree, but I also, like... when, When I say light with this one, I mean that it's not got a lot of depth to it. Um, but not in a bad way. Like it's, it's got something to it. I think it's the baking spices. I think that there are just really, really not, not baking spices, rather cooking spices. Like it's, it's got a, a quality to it on the nose that smells like you just walked into the world's biggest spice cabinet. (laughs) See, to me, it's like that mixed with a little bit of like graham cracker crust from a pie. No pie in it. Oh, it's like yeah. just the graham cracker crust. I could see that. Kind of um kind of cinnamon-esque as well. Cinnamon, it's got like that butter and the like graham crackers and stuff going on. I see I see what you're saying now. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. I'm excited to drink this one. Oh, I am too. That's hot. I turned into Mario for a minute. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Woohoo! Dang. (laughs) That is hot. It's a dank whiskey. (laughs) It is, yeah. Um, I don't think I've had anything like that that just pinballs around your tongue. I haven't either. That is wow. interesting. I take that back. I've had one. There's a bourbon or there's a rye called Five Fathers Rye that I've had that does this too, where it just pinballs back and forth. I've not had that. Yeah, it's got recommended to me in Frankfurt at one time, and I, I tried it, and uh, it just bounces around your tongue. Dude, there there is something about drinking it that kind of unlocks more on the palate, or excuse me, more on the nose. Yeah, no, I mean, I just, the palate's just so explosive, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I don't feel like I'm at any point breaking down 
the actual flavor profile of it. I'm more just like, don't choke, don't choke. You know, I mean, it's like it's strong. It's going to take me a few sips to really get into it on the palate. I I think that, you know, um, rye kind of operates better at a lower proof. I think that once it's had some on that. I think once it's had some water added to it, then it kind of tames it a little bit to the point where it winds up being not necessarily more drinkable, but more accessible. And yeah. uh, this is one of the few cast strength rise that I really don't mind at this proof. I think this is really, really enjoyable. And I, I am, I am sad that I haven't pulled this out more. I need to take more time with this and, and enjoy it more often. Yeah. I, I do think that like if I was going to, because you mentioned the second the second sip is much more tame. I I would put this up in the category with Pikesville, and that's not a bad place to be at all. Because that's 114, and this is right up there in the same same range. Yeah. I haven't had Pikesville in a while. I might have to have some tonight. Pikesville's good. It definitely does read more like a bourbon uh, on a lot of counts, but it's still it's still rye. You know, I mean, sure. it's still got a lot of that spice. Uh, it's I'm gonna be honest though, best rye I've had. Thomas Andy, it just it is hard to get to that caliber. I mean, everything we've tried tonight's great, but that is just I can't so I can't argue that I can't argue that. I don't even know it's if I have so any good. left of the the samples that we got from Buffalo yeah. Trace last year. But I mean, when you start playing in that like limited category, it, it's hard to to compete because you see rise jump from like two to six years to like eighteen, you know, and it it just it jumps up there. And even like the Thomas Andy being a six year, that's carefully selected from one of the biggest distilleries in the world. Well, yeah. Absolutely, and and I mean, if you're even looking on a a smaller scale, you're talking about something like Kentucky Owl. Um, I mean, yeah. th- those products are what nine, ten years old. I mean, batch one was uh, eleven years, actually. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there there is a lot of of care and thought that goes into crafting rye whiskeys, and I I, I get it. I mean, I totally understand why. I think that it's. You know, it, it, it allows more subtle, subtle nuance, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's kind of volatile for them, you know? I mean, it's like when people talk about aging stuff in a secondary barrel when they're finishing. You know, they have to check up on it so much more frequently than they do with bourbon because it can go wrong so fast. And oh, I yeah. have to imagine with these people pulling, you know, barrels from anywhere between two to six years, I mean... It's not like bourbon. It's like, oh, no, I let it go an extra little bit. It's not really going to go bad as fast. Mm-hmm. You've really got to check up on your rye to get it at that point that you want it every time, especially with the you know batching and stuff that they do. They get some outliers. They can ruin a whole batch. That is true. Sorry, I was trying to finish up my last uh, my last sip of the, the Sagamore there. Well, Swan, how about we move on to uh, to something else? I'm all for it, man. Get something in my glass. <laughs> How about uh, we do the the Hotel Tango rye up against this uh, Bluebird Distillery rye? 
Where did is that the one from Todd Cooper? Yes, it is. Um, this comes okay. all the way from uh, Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, uh, and is ninety-two proof. And Todd actually gave me this the last time that he was in Lexington, um, which was one of the last human interactions that I had. I feel like before everything hit the fan with coronavirus. Um, yeah. But he said, hold on to this bottle. Next time you do a Rye episode, um, pull this one out. And I was like, okay. And as soon as Swan said, hey, why don't we do a Rye episode? I was like, well, we should probably pull out this bottle that Todd Cooper gave me. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. So, so we're putting this one up against, and I know this is the second week in a row that we have talked about them, but I'm excited for it because... It was a it was a good bourbon. It was for a two great years. bourbon. Yeah, but this is the Hotel Tango Rye, um, at a hundred proof in two years. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to trying these these two side by side. I don't know the age on the Bluebird. Uh, it doesn't show anywhere on the bottle, so I I am assuming that it's four years. I mean, it says it's straight. Um, it it's also th- this is. Exciting because I don't know if I've ever had a whiskey like this, a rye whiskey like this. Says it's one hundred percent rye. Oh, okay, gotcha. So not like rye ninety-five-five rye with some malted rye as the you know the um, enzyme agent. Like this is just straight up a hundred percent rye. So yeah, and the Hotel Tango. Looking at the bottle, doesn't really have any. Um description on the mash bill it just kind of gives me a brief description on you know what what flavor you know notes they got off of this and then the directions it's got actual directions it says water down at your own risk <laughs> which i which i love but uh we've gushed over their packaging quite a bit it's yeah. it's just great yes absolutely so we'll we'll get into it um yeah you want to go ahead yeah, sure. Yeah, let's, or what, let's, are we, what are we starting with? Uh, we'll, Hotel Tango? Yeah, I was going to start with the Bluebird. All right, let's do that. Yeah, just cause, since it's a, a little bit lower proof. Yeah. Um, Ooh. That is definitely rye heavy. Definitely rye heavy. That's a, that's a rye whiskey. <laughs> that, that's a rye whiskey. That's a rye. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I'm getting almost nothing but clove, rye, and cherry. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the same boat that I'm in. Maybe a little bit of French vanilla, just just a teeny bit. I could see that. I could see that. But to quote a a a, a great man, uh, known as the Grease, it is very rye. <laughs> it is very. It is very rye. <laughs> It's like a a pure continuation of the nose. Woo! Holy moly! Yeah, that don't quit. <laughs> no, and even when it does, it leaves you with like the aftertaste that is the exact same. Oh my gosh! There's a lot of ginger on the finish. There is a lot of ginger, like to the point where mm-hmm. it almost tastes like like a like a Chinese food dish. 
Yeah, no, I'm definitely getting like that oh pickled ginger gracious. thing going on. I got to be honest, man. I can see why they they leave like 5% for something. Yeah, me too. Because this is definitely going to be one of those deals where if you're a Rye fan, this is going to be up your alley. But as a bourbon drinker, I'm like, oh, my God, please blend this with something. <laughs> I could definitely see how it's someone's lane, though. You know, I mean, like Iverson may love this and it may be something that when you blend it in a cocktail, it just shines. See, I was I was going to say, like, objectively, I don't think this is bad by any means. I also don't dislike it either. Like, no, I, I think same, I th- same boat. I think that it's got a lot going on that is curious and and exciting but i just don't know if it's necessarily what i would prefer to drink yeah i i could i could get behind that that's almost exactly where i'm at this is a very very uncomplex but just punchy in the face kind of kind of whiskey yeah um i don't know i mean if i it's intense like i could yeah, I could see myself doing. Uh, you've seen the Nick Offerman Yuletide thing, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. If I was in that scenario, I could see myself drinking this cold, flanneled up <laughs> next to the fire, <laughs> just really trying to put some hair on my chest, kind of whiskey, you know. Whew. This is definitely not a warmer month type of whiskey by any means. No, I mean th- this is legitimately trying to warm up next to a fire you just came in from you know ice fishing yeah you know manly stuff <sighs> it's i have no idea no it's definitely something people need to try i agree because this makes me this makes me want to get some like of the bernheim seven and kind of play around with like that and some mellow corn and just come up with something oh interesting. that was so and, like a malt whiskey yeah, like a malt whiskey too, just 100% malt, and just play with it and make your own four grain. Hmm. I have some work to do. <laughs> you do have some work to do, yes. <laughs> I have a feeling that's going to be showing up in a flying blind coming soon. There is a good chance. I'm gonna I'm gonna be really trying to mess with it, but we'll we'll certainly see. Yeah. I I want to find out about this hotel tango though. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. This one is rye forward too. It's, I don't know. I want you to get into this one. Sorry, I'm trying to get the like, the sushi, the sushi <laughs> smell out of my nose. Yeah. And it's gone. <laughs> yeah. This is a lot more pleasant. This has got a lot of like upfront corn. On the nose. It's so much more gentle. Yeah. You know, full disclosure, I got into this bottle a little bit earlier. And just now taking a step back and coming back to it. And comparing it directly to some other rise. I am appreciating this a lot more than I did the first time around. Dagummit. Dagummit. Hotel Tango. (laughs) What... (laughs) Oh, this is why, why, why 
Have we not talked about them before or known about Dude, them before? I don't know. Like, I, I am so thrilled by their products. This is so good. This is so good. It's good. I can tell it's two years. I, I'll, I'll give them that. I, it, it would. I agree. But I feel yeah. like I only feel that way because of what we've had against it. Yeah, no, that's definitely standing out. And they, again, they do market their stuff very blatantly on here uh, as like spicy finish, subtle sweetness, deceptively smooth, Sazerac ready. So they, they know that they're people putting this into a cocktail and I can see why. It's good. Dang it. Like I'm, I'm the only reason that I'm reacting semi-adversely is just because of how excited I am <laughs> about this and I wish that I had spent more time trying these products this is what a 30 what would what, you get it for 40 it was 36.99 okay. yeah yeah yeah. so yeah. I mean that's not horrible for a new craft distillery with a rye whiskey out especially at two years old now, I mean, if if you yeah. are putting it up against, you know, something like Wilderness Trail Rye, which is, you know, four-ish years, five-ish years for just a mm -hmm. little bit more, um, I can understand, you know, wanting to pay more for the age, but at the same time, I feel like this would hold up really, really well and stand yeah, up yeah, great to the Wilderness Trail Rye. Mm -hmm. And I, I could see this uh you know at three and four years being a, a phenomenal sipper oh that gosh. i would not dare mix with a mixer muddle with anything uh but it, it is darn good i i think i'm gonna have to go get their reserve bourbon here pretty soon to try i think honestly <laughs> that i might just be stocking my entire my entire liquor cabinet and collection and mm -hmm. bar with hotel tango products i mean yeah what the heck man where and, yeah, and like here's the thing two weeks ago i had no clue who these people were you introduced them to me and all of a sudden i am just infatuated with what they do yeah and even me i was just like i think the labeling's cool <laughs> that's it <laughs> that's all that's all i had on it man I had no, I had no idea that it was veteran owned. I had no idea that the back portion of the label had just as much cool stuff going on. Uh, and oh yeah, I mean it's just, I don't know, it's great. And I, I said it on the podcast. I'm a sucker for these flask style bottles too. So okay, have you? It's just have you had your second sip of this? No. Okay, take take your second sip. Tell me that the front end of the palate is not whole grain mac and cheese. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> Definitely like the noodle. Yes. Like aspect of it. Yeah, no, I, I get that. But there's like a creaminess I, to it as well. Yeah, what is the what is their mash bill? Can I they have no idea. Reach out to us. Is that listed anywhere? Because I want to know. Because after just having it next to this rye, it's definitely I, it doesn't drink like a fifty-one percenter. Oh, I don't think it is at all. I mean, are, are you but, are you looking it up right now? Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. But at the same time, like being their own distillate, they, I mean, they've got options to make it strange if they want to. 
So they they don't have anything uh, listed as far as Mashville. There's a couple people that did both speculations and stuff with reviews, but that's not uh, nothing's confirmed. Maybe we can get some insight from them as well. Yeah, no, I'd love to. Um, I also found out they have done picks in the past. Oh, so that might be something to talk to them about because we've got quite a few friends up there in the Fort Wayne area. So I have to imagine might be able to mosey on over there. Swan, I'm 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 excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy crap, that is awesome! I I no. cannot wait. This is good. They mentioned it right on the back. That's good in a Sazerac. I, I need to try that. I need to. I need to try that for sure. Because if you follow any other social media accounts, they are big on putting stuff in cocktails, and I. They all look to the same degree as one of our older episodes that we watched, which was the, the uh, Angels Envy when you went and visited, and they talked about their cocktails. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It, they all look to that degree, which I'm excited about. Just kind of allowing somebody to take that level of creativity uh, and run with your spirit, that is bold. So I'm, I'm, I want to try that for sure. So I, I'm kind of going back and forth between the two uh, that we just compared. So the Bluebird Rye uh, and the, the Hotel Tango Rye. Mm-hmm. There is so much more sweetness on the, the Hotel Tango. And I think that that's got to be the fact that they are, no, of course, not doing 100% rye like most, well, like yeah. most people are, um, except for Bluebird. Um, gosh, there there is a really, really strong vanilla note that I'm getting with the Bluebird. Yeah, it's coming, coming on a little more strong with the vanilla. It's just, it is so hard to get past all that rye. I'll be honest with you. Agreed. Yeah. It is difficult. Like, I would have to honestly be kind of acclimated to rye over a, a full night to get into this and really dig into some of the details. That is, I mean, if anything, that is one of the most consistent whiskeys I've ever had from nose palate to finish. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the finish is just, like, it's so intense. <laughs> It, it is an it intense is, man. finish. Yeah, I mean, I've never had something that when it gets done, I have an aftertaste that's not like... I feel like aftertaste has a negative connotation. People generally say it's like it has an aftertaste that's not good. This is not that case. This is literally, it's an aftertaste that's the exact same as the bourbon. It's just stopped burning in its entirety, and it's just there. Right. Uh, which is just a wild concept. I don't know how you do that. I guess kind of just that buildup of oils and stuff on the back of your tongue, and then it finally dissipates, and you're just left with a little bit of well, whatever flavor. Sure. Which in this case is definitely rye. It's a rye. Um, that's a rye. <laughs> that's a rye. Yeah, you were correct. That's a rye whiskey. But I... I I think overall, the Hotel Tango is just more balanced uh, in its in its flavor profile. Um, That being said, though. I don't think that either of these would get lost in a cocktail if we're talking about, you know, (laughs) potential intentions, um, if that's a thing. No, but I am. I want this makes me want to it, both of these. I want to drink more. That's it. Yeah, no, <laughs> like I, I want more uh, of both of these. 
yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Like, there's very few, there's very few whiskeys I've had that I feel like, honestly, if you put them in Coke, you would be able to really taste what's in them. <laughs> this, but honestly, this rye, the Bluebird rye, ah, you put it in Coke, man, you've got rye flavored Coke at that point. That is, it is going to stand out. I'll put it in some uh, some uh, vanilla Coke. There you go. That'd be good. Uh, and and then as far as the hotel tango, uh, it is screaming to be put in something with like some bitters, uh, a little bit of vermouth, oh, yeah. something. I mean, it is, it is good, and it's not bad if a sipper by itself. It's just it it's definitely more uh, easy going on a person that drinks bourbon normally that also drinks rye compared to this bluebird. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you can go wrong with either. Um, it's just a matter of preference to be quite honest. Yeah. Well, that does it for our little showdown, uh, for the week. We got some questions from our Facebook group. Uh, you can find that at facebook.com and just search for this is my bourbon group and we will get you in there. Uh, our first question comes from Eric Smith. Debating Marvel's Civil War in my comic book group, Team Cap or Team Iron Man? Also, favorite pours while reading books slash magazines slash comics. Um, if it's... If it's Civil War the movie, I'm a little bit more on Iron Man's side, but if it's Civil War the comic books, I'm a little bit more on Captain America's side. I a hundred percent agree with that. I yes, because I in the movies I just appeal to Tony Stark's point of view more so than I do Cap's, mm. honest. And then in the comic books, I just feel like the precedent's made more for Cap than it is Tony Stark. I don't know. Like in, I feel like the movies even want you to be like you're picking the bad side a little, you know? Yeah, and and like. Cap was fighting for something totally different in the like but from the Civil War book to the Civil War movie. Right? Like there and yes, there was a part of it where that was very similar in terms of, you know, the Superhero Registration Act and everything. Those two things did kind of cross over pretty well, but at the same time he was fighting so much more for his best friend in the movie than he was the the privacy of these public figures of these superheroes um yeah so i i go i go both ways that's a good one though yeah that makes me hurt a little inside Uh, to pick a side oh yeah absolutely favorite pores though while reading books mag magazines or comics um i i always go with something light yeah that's that's actually a good point that's actually a good point um I like a good just kind of bottled and bond or a turkey 101 in that situation. Yeah. Bottled and bond's good. Honestly, I I love uh, just getting a pour of larceny and just reading. Because I, I think uh, yeah. I'm going through 112263 by Stephen King right now. Nice. And I've been like twice now just going to that larceny. Did you, did you watch the show before you read the book or... I actually read the book, watched the show, and I'm rereading the book. Wow. 
Yeah, because it's I read the book when it first came out, and then they made the the series on Hulu, and I was like pumped for it. Uh, you know, I I do I do like the book better. That one does stand true, but it, it's a good it's a good series. I'm glad they sure. broke it up because it couldn't have been a movie. It needed to be longer than that because it's Stephen King. And I didn't want to get four parts in a movie, and they did like an eight-part TV show for it. Right. I also have another important question for you, Swan. What's that? I don't have much of this Elijah Craig rye left. <gasps> Should I save it? Four? I don't know. Don't sound like the president. We're in a pandemic, son. America. Um... <laughs> Uh, our next question comes from Bill Robarge. Uh, he asks, last podcast, you guys talked about transparency. Do you think distillers who aren't as transparent are afraid of pushback because they don't use their own distillate or that people won't buy from them until they do have their own? I think they're afraid of ignorance. I'm going to be honest with you. I think I think there's a, there's a large majority of the bourbon community that is and ignorance has a bad connotation to it, but they just don't understand that sourcing whiskey from somewhere doesn't mean it's all going to taste the same. Uh, so, I mean, if I if I get a 13-year-old Dickel product, we kind of booed at that uh, a few times throughout the, the course of this, this show. But, you know, a 13-year-old Dickel product as part, as part of the Pursuit series compared to a 13-year-old Dickel product bottled in Bond uh, compared to the Sweetens Cove that's coming out, Wildly different things. Yeah. They're all going to taste different. They're all from Dickel. They're all sourced. But I, I do think it's important to be transparent because there are some people that understand that. I can see from a just a you know pure standpoint of like, well, we're scared people aren't going to buy it if they don't think it's their own distillate. There are definitely people that are you know going to go through that checklist. Is it from Kentucky? Did you make it? And is it you know an affordable price? That's just a risk you yeah. run, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, I th- I think that I don't I don't know if distilleries are afraid to be transparent, but I do feel like they are just I think it's just easier for them to say or to just not be upfront about it. Honestly. Yeah. And I don't I don't think that that comes from a necessarily conscious decision. I mean, it could be just something that they, you know, did kind of haphazardly or without thinking. Uh, but at the same time, who's to say, man? I mean, it, it, it could be that they, you know, said, well, we really don't want anybody to know that this is sourced or this isn't our distillate or whatever. So, I mean, there, yeah. there is, it's, it's, it's kind of a catch 22 in that case. And it's definitely something that, um, you know, we don't have the insight to it at all. Um, but I, I don't know. We can speculate as long as we want to about it. Yeah. Uh, next question. All right. So the next question is from Steven Sussman. What odd sport would, you, would we invent to watch in quarantine? Well, there's already marble racing. Yeah. Marble <laughs> racing. Um 
Oh. Do you have like a weird sport that you do just like in general? Maybe not for watching. Oh, or like just a weird like a, game. Um. Oh. How how inside baseball do I want to get with this? Like how how do how do I really want to reveal like my OCDs in life? <laughs> <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Man. Like do I yeah. do I really want to say that like uh you know I try to do I, I, everything right on the first time and if I do I get like a perfect score? Like I don't want to spend my time retying my shoes, you know? That's true. Like I I think like the classic game that I play that most people play with themselves is like microwave's gonna go off. Oh yes, absolutely. I'm gonna do it before it beeps. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna get it at one second. I'm gonna cook minute rice in fifty nine seconds, Barry. <laughs> you know what you could do is do one minute one second. Mm. So that it is actually okay. a minute and then you've you've given yourself a little bit of leeway. That's true. What do you do? Yeah. What do you do though? Like, do you, if it if it goes off at all, do you lose? Yeah, you lose. Okay. You have to throw everything you just microwaved away. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I I do but. the um the try to land on like a specific number or like a zero when you're pumping gas. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I saw. Oh, go ahead. I've been doing this thing at work where. Uh, so part of my job is I watch people pull up in their car and we've got a camera that watches them. And then uh, they'll call in and say, I'm here for my, my you know pickup order or whatever. And I'll watch them pull up. And if we're real slow and we've got nothing else going on, I'll watch them pull up and I'll put my hand on the phone. And then the second it rings, I'll answer. <laughs> Just over. <laughs> And so terrifying. It's been it's been like a sport because we have two different phones back there. They both ring with the same number. Right. Uh, and there's actually three. And so one person will take the mobile phone and the two of us will have our hands on the other phones. And then it's like a sport to see who can answer the fastest. <laughs> that I think that is the most mundane thing that you could maybe not the most, but I mean, it, it, there is definitely somebody who would hear grocery store pickup phone call race <laughs> and go, well, I'm going to bet on that. Like there's somebody yeah. out there who <laughs> like misses gambling that much that they're like, yeah, this is, um, this is what I'm going to bet on. Dude, it, it is great because <laughs> today I almost ripped the phone off the wall. I You answer it and like, of course, that person just hearing in the background, dang it, I didn't get it. And, and, and you're doing like, you're like, you're, you're answering the phone and you're like, I'll be right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you're going to watch that, Steven, but we have a great time playing that sport. Swan, what's the next question? Next question is, this is from Joseph Brazo. Give me a hell yeah! Don, uh, this next one's from Poor Don Machida. <laughs> yeah. Don answered... He asked a question we really dug into on the podcast already. With the announcement of Weller Single Barrel, I'm experiencing new label fatigue. Limited or new releases have generated an amazing amount of excitement in the past. Are we reaching a point where public interest starts to wane a bit? 
While I love collecting and trying different bottles, I no longer feel the need to find all the new offerings. So it's not necessarily a question, but Don, I'm right there with you. Wait, so I there the, one of the shows that I listen to, uh, one of the podcasts I listen to, I've uh, talked about it a thousand times on the show before. It's called The Weekly Planet. And it's two guys, they talk about nerd culture and everything. And they've gotten to the point where they are usually able to go to uh, like press screenings uh, of movies. And one of the hosts has this game where when they they'll have like a, a rep from say it's a you know a, a Superman movie, uh, one of the Warner Brothers execs will come out and give a little spiel about the movie beforehand. And as he's sitting there listening, he'll just very quietly start going, boo, boo, and just get progressively louder and louder. And he never gets like, boo, but like he does <laughs> just kind of make it a game of it. And mm-hmm. like, that's how I feel with all these new label announcements in some regard. Like, I just like yeah. it's it's this one sad little guy who's never talked in front of anybody from Buffalo Trace coming out and going, huh? Hey guys, we got this, this new, this new E.H. Taylor product. There's a brand, there's a brand new Weller coming out too. And there's just me in the background going, boo, (laughs) boo. (laughs) Like, I'm just, I just don't care anymore. I just don't care. Like if, if it were something that we knew we could get, if it were a widely yeah. released Elijah Craig Rye or or a, a new E.H. Taylor product or what the heck ever, I don't I don't know. I I totally agree with Don. I'm just worn out with it. I'm so tired. I, yeah, and I think Heaven Hills is kind of the king of this, but they've realized that there is that new label fatigue, as he pointed mm-hmm. out, and they're just putting out new products that are limited in some standpoint, but they are going to be, you know, a permanent part of the line, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd love to see more of that. Like you just talked about your Elijah Craig Rye. I'm I'm ready for that to be in Kentucky, man. I got some of the cork from my Elijah Craig Rye in my mouth. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't want it. (laughs) Oh, I still do. I'll take it. I'll take a little bit of cork. Hey, Swan, you ready to get serious for a second? Yeah. These next two questions from Eric Black are the most serious questions we've ever answered on the show before. Oh, my God. Okay, I see these. Yeah. Uh, What do you want to do, or what do you want to be doing, rather, when you're 40 years old? So, uh, if I'm being honest with myself, I dropped out of college, and I I didn't really plan on doing that, but I don't have a degree. So I, I am kind of, uh, in a way stuck in a uh, retail environment and it's not always my favorite. You know, I've got days I like and days I don't. And I think I'll probably still be in retail when I'm 40, but, uh, I really am focusing more on enjoying my time outside of work instead of putting so much pressure on myself to be perfect within the 45 hours that I do work at work. Mm. Um, so honestly, I don't care what I'm doing when I'm 40. Uh, as long as I get to enjoy more than just, you know, my my 45 hours and I'm clocked in. If, as long as I'm not solely focused on that, I'm doing I'm doing great. You know, um, you know what's weird is like 40 is not in the grand scheme of it that far off for me. No. I mean, I've I've basically lived. 
twice as long now as it would take for me to get to 40. Right. Like I'm, yeah. I'm turning 27 in, in August, 13 years after that, I'll, I'll be 40. And like, <clears throat> it's so, it's so weird because like, I think about all these things that I'm going through right now, right? Like my wife is pregnant. The podcast is going great. Um, work is weird. And I'm, I'm not even going to get into that on the, on the main feed. Um, <clears throat> but you know, I, I kind of am in the same boat as you, Swan. Like, I, I don't, as far as a career goes, I don't know if there's something in particular that I would like to be doing when I'm 40. But I will say this. If the podcast were my full-time job in 13 years, if we were still able to maintain this 13 years from now, and we could we could do this every week i'm all about that that yeah. that would be i think on if i had to pin something down if i could still be doing this 13 years from now i would be over the freaking moon i would be so happy if 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 you knocked me over the head right now and for the next 13 years of my life i was just going through the motions and everything worked out and I still had the same drive. I still had the same energy. I still was working as hard as I am to make the podcast what it is and to continue mm -hmm. its success. And I woke up the day before my 40th birthday. And I, I saw that the fruits of labor had been reaped. <laughs> I, I've been totally fine. Because, I mean, what, what is better than getting to talk about something you're passionate about and getting to share yeah. that with other people and, and being able to build and maintain and sustain and grow a community around it, too? And, and, and this, this is something that I've been thinking about so much recently, and it's definitely because of the major life change of having a kid, right? Thinking... Yeah of like, how did I get to where I am now? What can I do to continue being where I am now? And what can I do to improve upon that in the future as well as grow that moving forward, right? And it, again, it's so inside baseball, but I am thinking every day, about the hard work that's gone into making the podcast as successful as it is right now. And I'm not saying it's the most success. It's by no means Joe Rogan. It's by no yeah. means WTF with Mark Marin. But if it from, from the grassroots of grassroots, starting with zero and getting to where it is right now, I hate I hate to be proud of myself, but I've also learned to be able to be proud of myself, you know, and yeah. and like I want to allow the space for this to continue to grow and to continue to be successful when I'm 40. You know, I, and I've said I've said from day one, this is going to continue for as long as I can sustain it. And if I and if sustaining it means this is my day job. 
and, and making content around bourbon and around the bourbon community is my day job. Yeah. Freaking A, dude. I'm all about that. And I'm looking forward to, to pursuing that for sure. And I, I will say this. I don't want to wind up in an office when I'm 40. I no, do. I, no, I'm good without I, that. I, I have done the nine to five. I have done the, the having to go and be yelled at by somebody who doesn't respect you and that you don't respect. And it is garbage. It is the worst, man. I, I hate it. And nothing, nothing is worth you waking up every day and going to a place that you are not happy in just to maintain stasis. You've got to yeah. be happy. You've got, you've got to be happy, you know? And if what makes you happy originally becomes your job, there is going to be some joy that's lost in that. Right. So then you have to find joy in other things too. I think that's why, like I started, have, I, I've started playing video games more now too, because I see that the podcast is becoming work. I'm still enjoying it, but it, it is in some ways work. And so by having another outlet, I'm allowing myself to decompress and to, to get removed from everything while still maintaining integrity and maintaining excitement for the work aspect of it. So I, I, the short answer is I want to be doing this when I'm 40. <laughs> really? Yeah. So that's it. I, I feel like I have to, we have to um, kind of breeze over a little bit. His next, his next question. I don't want to, to, too fast because I do love this question and it's something I actually would like to pursue in another space maybe at some point <clears throat> but he asked if you were to have yeah. your choice of working for any nonprofit, which one would you want to work for uh honestly I'm not sure I'd have to I'd really have to look into it because there's a lot of nonprofits that you kind of have to dig into the finances before you're ready to buy yeah. into it entirely I for a long time uh, when I was a, a teenager um, I was very invested in this, this organization called Water in Malawi, which built fresh water wells, uh, for communities in Malawi, Africa, who, and it, it was for, for women who were basically spending their entire day, every day, walking 20 miles back and forth for one jug of water right mm -hmm. and water is such an important necessity for us that you know raising money so that people can not have to walk their entire day's worth to to get water for a <laughs> for a very small you know amount of time um I mean, that yeah. that has always been something that I've I've been passionate about and interested in, even just like <clears throat> water organizations in general. You know, it's it's hard to man, it's hard to answer because there's so much you want to you want to do for for people, so much you want to do for the world that 
you know, especially especially in what we're going through right now. So, yeah, yeah, I don't want to get too in the weeds on that or anything. But as always, we do appreciate everybody who answer asks. But as always, we do appreciate anybody who asks us questions uh, for the show through our Facebook group. One more time, that is Facebook.com. You can just search for This Is My Bourbon Group. And we'll, get, we'll answer all your questions, pretty much. Even the ones that I allow, that you allow me to go on rants for 10 minutes about. Um, you ready for everybody's favorite segment of the show, though, Swan? I Tips am. Yes. and bits, man. What do you what do you have to recommend? <laughs> so Netflix just put out a new documentary, uh, and it is wild. The Jeffrey Epstein documentary that just came out. Ooh. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what the name of it is exactly, but it's uh something to do with money. I forget what it is, but it was just nuts. Like you've heard the you know things people post on Facebook, mm-hmm. conspiracy theories, this that. When you really dive into it insane it is it is nuts it is far beyond any comprehension that i that i had of the of the topic so it's definitely worth watching it kind of it brings a lot of that into some new light stuff you really don't want to know to be honest but Mm -hmm. it's just it's happening in the world might as well find out about it you know uh but i i'd recommend that it's a good it's you know one of their many part series that they kind of chop it up and make it you know, yeah, and it, but. on on the back of that, I actually have not watched this yet, but it was just recommended to to me um, uh, the thirteenth, um, which is also a Netflix documentary or documentary series. I, I'm not entirely sure, um, but if 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 you are upset uh, about what's going on in the world right now. Um, that is a, supposed to be a great tool for putting some of that into perspective. Um, I, I guess my first tip and or bit though, um, and this is as much as I'm going to say on it. Racism sucks. And it is a lot easier to be kind to people than it is to be mean to them. And if we practice love and we practice kindness, um, that will follow suit and the seeds that we, the seeds that we plant will provide abundant harvests when it comes time to, to reap what we sow. So that's all I'm going to say on it. Um, I just discovered a new artist today that I had never heard before. Oh, yeah. Angie McMahon. Who's that? She is phenomenal. I she is kind of an indie singer songwriter. I the the song that I've been enjoying the most is called Slow Mover. Um, it's so good, dude. She she is an incredible indie singer songwriter, and her her guitar tones are just these like expansive but crunchy kind of sounds, and like the the band that she has behind her is just they they play so well off of the, the what she's singing and how she's singing and everything and it's just so cool and i'm really looking forward to diving into her music a little bit more here nice. soon um 
So anyway, yeah, that pretty much does it for episode 131 of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. Thank you all so much, as always, for listening. Swan, where can people find you on social media? I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram at My Bourbon Finder. And I am at PReader1492 on all social media channels. You can follow the show at My Bourbon Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter if you would be so kind to leave us a five-star rating and review on the iTunes podcast app. That would help us out tremendously. I know we talk about this all the time, how it helps us get up in the podcast charts and helps people who are searching even for bourbon podcasts uh, to find us a little bit easier. If you do leave us uh, a five-star rating and review on the iTunes app, uh, we will read it out here on the show. So feel free to, to leave some of that, and we'll be happy to share that with everybody. If you have questions or comments, you can send them to thismybourbonshop at gmail.com. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com. Uh, we actually have, Swan, I don't think you know this, we have a Discord now. We was set. No, I've got Discord. It was it was set up through uh, through Bill the Whiskey Dictionary, um, on on his kind of in, in umbrella uh, for for bourbon tubers, whiskey tubers, and uh, we have a we have a Discord now. If anybody wants to go and chat a little bit more in depth, not that we're not already chatting in depth about the show uh, off air, but uh, the, the I'll, I'll post a link below uh, the description. Uh, in the description, rather, uh, for this episode. If you know what Discord is and you want to hop on there, we'd be happy to have you guys uh, hanging out with us for sure. But there's another great way for you to chat with us and to check out all of our exclusive content that is not available in the main feed, and that is at patreon.com slash podcast where you can become a supporter of the show for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, for $5 a month, you get bonus episodes. You get the pregame chats, which come out the day before every single episode. Uh, and we do stuff like live streams, some uh, some hangouts as well. And on up from there, uh, there's different there's different tiers that you can check out. And we really do appreciate everybody uh, who is a patron of the show. Once again, that is at Patreon dot com slash my bourbon podcast swan i've got an idea next week we start naming out or, or calling out some of our patreon members showing them a little bit of love in the main feed yeah cool that's good with me. Alrighty. well we will do that next week for sure once again thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of this my bourbon podcast we will be back next week i'm not sure with what just yet maybe we'll keep just doing hotel tango products i mean <laughs> who's to, who's to say we'll, we'll wind up doing their gin and <laughs> at some point <laughs> well they got the reserve bourbon. oh we've got to do the reserve bourbon. we got to do that mm-hmm. yes but until then i am perry and i'm swan and this is my bourbon podcast mm-hmm.